Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures, wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond. Morning, mate. How are you? Going well. Been down at uh, Warnable for most of the week, actually. Been doing our uh, community camp down there. Checked out the new boat ramp that um, had been resurfaced so what, and they also extended i think they extended the break wall as well to try and help with the assist with the surge now the break wall is bloody those, long mate for those that aren't familiar, we walked it i reckon it was two k's out that was and two k's back that's pre-season well, it was yeah, it's extended now so they're trying to stop the surge um it still surges yeah it's but for those that aren't familiar with warnable boat ramp the surge isn't just like a surge that you think washes your boat up and forward a metre. I'm talking 10 uh, metres. Yeah. Like, your car is underwater. Uh, it's definitely ha- all the day that we were there. Like, there was swell, but not massive. Um, and we had a bit of a break sort of between the um, clinics that we were running and the schools program. So we snuck down there and we actually had a bit of a car. So I, I, I seen. <laughs> well, I didn't bring me rod. Disaster. Red tip, early tip. Always have carry rod. Like it was rookie Especially era. heading down to Warrnambool. It's a fantastic fishery down there, even so, land-based. Yes, yes. So in the end, I was like, you know what? Bugger it. I was with uh, Brady Close and uh, Jez and uh, our PDM, Mark Worthington, and um, we thought, bugger it. This is going to BCF and actually get a rod. And then when you get in there, it's like, I can buy a cheap rod or I can buy something that I'm actually going to use mm. ongoing. So I end up getting a Stratic 5000, beautiful reel. And I went a longer rod. Because I don't like surf rods, like off but the you beach. To be able to cast. But I want to get my yep. good length thing casting. Yep. So, did that caught a couple of salmon? It was it was good fun. Yeah, well, you definitely weren't going to release the salmon you put on Instagram because those trebles got it nice and <laughs> nice and firm in the throat. <laughs> you should have seen Jez with how much. Oh, it was like Hannibal Lecter. There was that much blood everywhere. Oh, he's a character, old Jez. It's uh, it's. It's a fan spot, fantastic spot, warnable. And just an early report down there. Why you're down there? You should have taken the boat back because the kingfish, the sharks. They were saying that we had some um, fishing well. Yeah, some local fishers saying exactly that. You, you should stay down for a few extra days. Um, let's get straight into it. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that you've that's happened to you whilst fishing because oh. this lit up. Uh, our social channels during the week. Not not necessarily while fishing either, Pat. Like, worst thing to happen while being in the game. So you're including hooking the boat up at home. And my one is... Well, do you want to... The worst... You can go what, if you want. You're going to go first? Well... Do you want me to tell you my worst? No, nah, I want to hear yours. It. I want to hear yours, yeah, yeah. I reckon my worst stuff up is one day at the front of my place, I was hooking my boat up. And I had it on the tow ball and was, you know how you sometimes it was just balancing on the tow ball and I'm like, oh, I'll quickly nudge the car back and I didn't have it on properly and the jockey wheel wasn't clicked in. I oh, know. And it fell onto the ground. 
and I obviously had to get it up onto the car. Could have broken your leg if it was underneath it. Well, it wouldn't take much to break these little <laughs> twigs. But I uh, ended up having to get the jockey wheel out of the car, which I've no dramas. But it was winter, and the mud was sinking on the things. I'm putting bricks down, trying to like get it to, st- and it just kept sinking. And I could, I literally had to ring uh, Gibber at five in the morning to come over to help me because. I couldn't get this boat up. Not sure how he was going to help me, but we ended up getting it up. But that was probably, I reckon, the most frustrating thing I've ever had happen. I didn't do a damage, but that, I have, I've been lucky, but I reckon that was nah. my worst. What's yours? Nah, nah, got you covered, mate. I'm in, in Adelaide. I've bought a smuggler, 6.3. might have heard this one. Inboard. Yeah, I've heard in this board. <laughs> Inboard. Inboard. Uh, and, you know, one of the important things when it comes to fishing yep. and boating are bungs. And what I decided uh, was to forget them. Uh, and this is not one of those, you know those boats that have like a, uh, a a keel that fills up with water? Yep. It's not that boat, but it did fill up with water. The I've, engine bay. So launched it, <laughs> it was, launched at West Beach. Holy crap. How it, long did it take? Well, I, you know, walking back and I had a few teammates and they're like, oh, is the water supposed to be there? I'm like... <laughs> Me? No! Why did you tell me? Because I was talking to a few people up at the top of the ramp and then I've literally jumped in the water, jumped on the in the boat, grabbed the bungs, jumped under, dived under the, and put them in. the, um, the water and put them in underwater and then I'm like, holy crap, this is an inboard, this is going to destroy it. There's like six inches of water. So t- long story short, take it straight to the nearest marine dealer. I'm tipping you didn't go out. And the, no, I didn't go out. And uh, a couple of grand later, it was a expensive lesson to learn, Aaron. If I give you a quick tip before you play this audio, if you do leave your bungs out and your mate's got the car and like you can't, you don't want to tie it up to the pier because you, you're going to sink. It's going to sink quite quick. You, that little hole at the back will take water in like you wouldn't believe how quick <sighs> it comes in. It sucks it in. Unbelievable. Thing to do, if if it's safe to do so, and I would say anywhere is safe if your boat's going to sink, get it up on the plane <laughs> if the, and go Yeah, in circles. Just get it up and go and try and get it running back out of the boat. That's the, the best thing to do if you do forget your bungs. And maybe not on an inboard. I was going to say, that's fine outboard. with an outboard. <laughs> Not and and the way the boat's set up, it's like the whole battery system as well. Everything is underfloor, and it's like my godfather. Well, I reckon I reckon what you're about to play here. I reckon this gentleman here may have you slightly covered because this is not, and this is a familiar one. But I don't think the dollar value that you're going to get here is as good as some other people have done. This next story should serve as a warning to boaties and motorists alike. Make sure you are filling up in the right place. One unlucky person thought they were filling up their tank at a service station in West Pennant Hills, but they were only pouring fuel straight into the boat's fishing rod holder. Look how much petrol! The accident was not cheap. It cost nearly $600. Firefighters were also called and quickly cleaned up the mess. The video of the ordeal has gone viral online. Nearly two million people have seen it. Can I just comment on that? Big thanks to our uh, friends at uh, Channel 7. Was that Peter? For that. No, it wasn't Peter. He's not Channel 7. It wasn't Jane. Uh, It... uh, yeah, Jackie. It <laughs> wasn't Jackie. So big thanks to our friends at uh, Channel Seven News right. for that audio. So now let's not put, great. Let's paint the it? picture here. It's not a quint- great. It's a Quintrex or something along the likes. It's a trailcraft. Trailcraft. Okay, it's a small vessel. Yeah, five five, 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 five and a bit. Yep. Okay. Yep. Let's be honest. It's probably got an eighty liter tank. 
Surely when yeah. you get to 250 <laughs> litres, you go, something's wrong. Oh, <laughs> uh, isn't that the truth? He must have just gotten caught up with talking to someone. Until the and, th- and this is a very, very common mistake. A lot of people put yes. like uh, fuel into a rod holder. They actually do. I'm surprised like it didn't like they got two hundred litres into it because the way trail crafts were built, they have the scuppers at the back of the boat that allows water because they have self draining decks. Well, if they went out fishing afterwards, let's just hope they weren't smokers. But imagine the smell <laughs> in the Oh, you're not catching fish. You would actually catch fish because they'd float and die from the smell (laughs) of it. Uh, The boat wrecks the boat in terms of like you have to remove the carpet. You've got to look through the flooring. If it's timber flooring, it's going to have soaked into the timber. Do you know something I found out that Gibbsy was telling me during the week? He's a very good friend of mine. He's a marine mechanic at Jolly Marine World. Anything over, I think he said, I think he said 15 litres on the ground, fire brigade have to come. Yeah, well, there for that, that was 215 litres. You know what I put? In my boat the other week, I put 15 litres of diesel in it. You're in my boat. Yep. And I'm just, and I was, it was a little while ago, and I was, we might have spoken, but I don't think we did actually. No. I was having a, so what did you I do? I was having a rough day. I was just feeling crap. Yeah, you were having a rough day. You just put diesel in. I just in come it. to the boat, and I'm, the ticket was screwed, and I shouldn't even be going out. And I just, my car was diesel at the time, and put it in, and I'm standing there going, something clicked. Gone. 15 litres of diesel. Ring Gibbsy straight away, mate. I've just put 15 litres of diesel in. <laughs> And I've just freaked out thinking, oh, here we go, here's 10 grand. And freaking out and trying to drain the tank out, etc. He goes, oh, best thing you could do. I said, what? He goes, how much did you put in? I go, 15 litres. He goes, how much is the tank? I said, 200 litres. He goes, just make sure you fill it all with right petrol with afterwards. Petrol. And he goes, honestly, he goes, it might burn a little bit rich. It might have a bit of smoke. He goes, but that will lubricate everything. He goes, best thing you can do. So any recommendations out there? I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> Let me put a caveat on that. Now, Gibbsy, appreciate it, mate. Appreciate it. We aren't recommending filling your petrol boat with <laughs> I didn't say fill. I, said, I think it was like a percentage you gave me, but we'll, watch 50, we'll go 15 litres out of a 200-litre tank. So that works about well. So um, and just, just while uh, we're on it, uh, Aaron's boat is for sale. Uh, it's got a wonderful engine. Uh, hybrid runs on diesel and petrol. <laughs> Well, um, it were, it, uh, it's it's never had Mr. Beat and it's, yeah, it, it, well, this was actually the engine before this, but it never missed a beat. So thanks for the advice there, Giblet. <laughs> uh, your week in fishing? You, uh, yeah, I was a few days Beautiful little uh, tuna earlier in the week and then yeah. the, the, the whiting is still going quite well. Yeah, so we managed to, I actually, as you know, moved house and get on the water for a bit and went out. Well, I missed out on a great bite on the tuna. They went absolutely nuts. The charters were getting in the stuff for that rough weather, and I caught the calm weather, which is obviously what I sort of try and target these days, being an old age of me, Patrick. And you we got some one year old. Yeah, got some beautiful. Not, not even that yet. Got some uh, beautiful tuna, and then the following day got some beautiful whiting and flathead too, and found another patch of eggs, squid eggs. Like Ooh. and big squid, like monster squid, like Mari, the calamari. I, I don't. I'm trying to think. Like I'm, I've had, I didn't have a good look, but I don't think I've had eggs in February. Like it's, I might, I may have. I can't remember, but nothing comes to my head. So yeah. it's a couple of patches too. So great calamari, and if you head over to the other side, Westernport, uh, kingfish still there. It's got a great run of bluefin going. They're going better out of the western entrance than they are at Port Phillip Bay heads. Yep, they're on birds, mutton birds, boat traffic at the moment. It was good during the week, yeah, yeah. it was good. It I was mean, people are starting to get back into work, aren't they? 100%. Like, it's it's settled not down. a lot of time, yeah. Weekends, you're going to expect a bit going on, but you're going to have to expect that these days. But it's uh, weekends, a bit of traffic around, but there's so many options to do. There's a few kingfish kicking around. Can I just ask? So I was in, well, when I got, went and got that rod, so I was in BCF and um, they had a, a sale of skirts, like, like four packs, five packs. 
um, versus like the Black Magic had one skirt for forty bucks. Yeah, but the weight of the head is is obviously different. Can you talk to me about the like the, weighted heads? The weighted head versus oh, I'm going to get myself a four pack of these skirts because yep. it's way cheaper. The, does the weight make a big difference? Yeah, it it does. So like I I. Kane is bought out a little company called Reef Thief, and Kane's a very good friend of mine. If you follow me on the socials, you would have seen it. He's one of my very close mates, and he first bought out these lures. Just to give you an example of how particular I am with weighted heads, Reef Thief is a brand, and the lure it, he wanted barrel lures to run them, and they were those ten-inch lures that we standardly use. Yes, and I refused to put them in the water. I said to him, I don't like the weight of them. They weren't heavy enough. So what they do yeah. is they insert lead into the heads of them to make them hold in the water. Now, every head has a different purpose. We're not going to go into that. But for me, my natural feel of the the weight of the head for certain for, for barrels in particular, yeah. especially when you quite often fish them in rougher water, they're not going to get thrown out of the water they're not as much. Bounce. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm running these little Reef Thief ones four inches at the moment uh, that are – that are for these school tuna, and we're fishing them in rough water, but well, mostly running them on teaser bars. So the teaser bars is holding them in the water pad. They're not getting thrown out. They've only got this much, what's that, 1.2, say, of a litre. So they're not getting thrown out too much. So they're working quite well. The teaser bars, you think about how much weight's in those. They're getting thrown everywhere with the wind, but the lure's still holding behind it quite well. So I think it's a personal preference on weighted heads. A lot of people will go weighted heads to an extent, but each head has a different purpose with certain weights for certain species of fish. If it's a slant head, they'll have weights in certain positions to make it bubble, to make it do different things. So they are important at times. For me, the cheap, crappy ones that you pick up, that five you might get five of them on eBay for eight, 18 bucks. they're not going to have any lead in them and limited fiberglass. Like no, they, they work pretty light when I put them in my pocket <laughs> bag as I put them in the car. They just and you and you know what? Like I remember when I was a kid no, when I went they were pretty light. When I went to Portland we had these we had these we bought I couldn't afford anything back then. Lordy they were light. They didn't work. I, I got out there I might use them as decorations on the Christmas tree this year. That light. I bought these uh I bought these on eBay. I'll never forget them. We still have them. I bought them on eBay and they were, like I said, something ridiculous, like maybe 10 for 20 bucks. It was ridiculous. And we put them out. Inflation now, mate. You can't. <laughs> they're probably, they're probably three now. grand yep. now. Yep. We, they, they caught more fish than the other ones that we were using for some reason. I don't know. If they were, and it was quite like roughy days that we were fishing. I remember, forget, and me and Gibber are like looking at it going, far out. Like, why? We literally spent all this money on lures and we're using these crap ones and they're working. Ten times better than the expensive ones, but sometimes it just comes down to it. Don't complicate it either. Yeah. But I do like lead weighted heads in certain lures, especially for tuna fishing. We've got a massive show of real adventures coming your way this morning. Uh, after the break, we'll find out what's biting in your part of the country, and we chat chat to uh, George from Lotus Caravans uh, later in the uh, episode. Chris, later in today's Chris, episode, Chris, Chris there. Chris is there. Yeah, but, Chris uh, Hemsworth, he's got one. I actually, I actually speak to George about Chris Hemsworth. Uh, and I thought you were going to say you were speaking to Chris. Like, how, their, how their arrangement sort of got to – but the whole build process behind Lotus Caravans, I've just um, picked up one myself. So it's a really interesting chat and obviously the caravanning super show Redmond is coming up in a couple of weeks time, 22nd to the 26th of February uh, and we'll – Continue to sort of drip feed out the uh, the info around that uh, as it gets closer and closer. You're listening to Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. 
Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for the whip around. Thanks to Club Marine. You name it, they insure it now, Redman. Everything that's in your boat, gear, jet ski, trailer, they've got it covered. Let's kick off with New South Wales. Port Hacking, Calamari turned up. Yeah, massive numbers too. They reckon that the uh, white jig, Patrick, is working the best. <sighs> Angers me when I see that. <laughs> white jig. The white jig. They don't need anything else. Just the white jig. Put a black one on and see how you go. It'll work too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, white jigs in the Port Hacking working well on the Calamari. Live bait, he, that comes to my head straight away because the Kings are offshore too. So keep a calamari turns up. Yeah. You know what? Eat those yep. kingfish, and it's a great time to fish for those. Mulloway, of, you, you've yep. heard of a couple of reports around some bloody big mulloway up to as 130 well. centimeters. So there's donkers in the hacking as well. Live bait too. So calamari would be a perfect bait for those. Uh, jelly beans. Are you targeting them in the morning? Is it afternoons? I'd be I'd be fishing them late arvos yep. into nights. Yep. Yeah, overnight. Mulloway love night fishing. They just do. Yep. And. Well, I don't love night fishing. They're like eating overnight, I should say. <laughs> and then you should love night fishing for them if you are a Mulloway fisher because that's the best time to chase them. And then, of course, the uh, the North Bank 750 scratches. Uh, they're going well up uh, the East Coast. My heart rate is starting to go up. <laughs> the marlin are going very, very good I still. I hope you up and don't down catch a fish for five days. At the way <laughs> it's going, Pat, I reckon if oh. you were to take a pee over the back of the boat, you'd nearly get one. Really? Yeah, so it's fishing. going very, very good. Well, I wouldn't. So is this a competition be... that you go in? I can't remember. No, I'm not doing remember. it. We do the Eden tournament, but I'm not doing it anymore. Um, You're not, just going nothing. up for a fish. Yeah, we're going up a bit earlier. I've got a bit going on with the old ticker. I've got to get a procedure done on the 7th and that. So and that was when the comp runs. And we love supporting the Eden amateur comp who have the competition. And it's a fantastic amateur comp. It really is. And we'll t- we'll talk about it to lead up because I do love giving them a, a good pump up because it's a fantastic, fantastic competition. So... Make sure you do head to Eden in the start of March if you want to join that in. You can win like 500 bucks, and I think there's like 24 species, Pat. Fantastic. So yeah, 2500 bucks on each species, like yep. 24 of them. So, Well, I was going to say that, that might pay for half the fuel um, for a day. Sure. What, in your boat? <laughs> uh, Queensland, the Bundy River, huge barra was caught, Redmond. Yeah, bycatch. Targeting man- mangrove yes. jack. 130 centimetres this thing went. Yes. That's a big fish, mate. It is massive. It is huge. I've seen the photo of it. A young, young kid had it, yeah. and it was a cracking, cracking fish. That's uh, about as good as they get, to tell you the truth. That's a big, big barra. There's also a great run of GTs in the Burnett River at the moment. Hard bodies have been the most successful. Uh, heading over to the west, Aaron's favourite charter, Jazz Charters. Uh, they're getting just bucket loads of kingfish. It is kingfish mayhem uh, at the moment, and there's, of course, been... Uh, decent snapper captures as well. Speaking to Aaron Black too at the catch during the week, I've seen him there. He reckons that out off where he lives in that Perth metro region. Yeah, the uh, what is it? Uh, Dunsborough Duns, yeah. head, head south. What was he saying? Was. was he saying to us they were holding on to the back of the tinnies and grabbing crabs like they? Yes, yeah, he getting was dragged too. around. He dr- drifted off the back and he was grabbing crabs off the bottom. That's pretty cool, holding on to the tinny. So that's over wherever you just said. Uh, well, and also the fads. What about the? Um, this was this was shocking during the week, or I think it was maybe early last week. But the shark attack in the Swan River. I young young didn't girl. Anything of it? Yeah, a young girl lost her life. Like just extraordinary. Oh, really? Yeah, was apparently driving a jet ski, must have fallen off, and has then been mauled. So, like absolutely shocking. Shows just how many sharks work into that river system. Uh, Metro-wise, there's been dolphin fish on the Metro fads. They put so more fads in too, one. so they put more in uh, uh, right up and down the coast. So they're, they're 
they're a bloody terrific initiative, those fads. They yeah. catch so many fish. Yeah. They, they're amazing. How long do you need to wait before these fads are deployed where you feel like the fish are starting to, um, you know, you're starting to pay attention to it's, the fact that there's structure there? It's pelagics. So it, they're pelagics. It'll be really they can quick. turn up at any time. Yeah. yeah. They're literally like, you got to, th- I'll give you an example. If you have wood floating in the ocean or a big bit of seaweed, for instance, they love it. You'll catch Mai Mai and dolphin fish off it. Yeah. Things just, they just get attracted to anything on the surface or structure as such. Oh, another example, Trapman Bermagui. He actually copped a fair bit of crap on social media from local boys or something, giving him bad grief about giving him giving reports out on social media. And he's now stopped this, which is, I think, very disappointing. I don't like that. No, that's not should, good. That's how we get our no, Birmingham report. I think he should still keep going with it. If you are listening, Trappy, I don't think you we will love you, it. Trappy. I, we do. So keep doing your reports, mate. Don't worry about the, the idiots. But he's he, going to hate, he, mate. As the once or he, always wise Taylor Swift said, <laughs> you're coming back to his traps. So he drops his traps and moves them around quite actively because he's trap yep. fishing. Yep. And you literally go to Birmingham, find a trap, and you fish on it. You'll get you'll get dolphin fish. So that's how quick they work. And you've got to remember. That they move, so the fat isn't going to catch a dolphin fish yeah, off not. South Australia off the back of Port Augusta because it's just not going to work. Or Coffin Bay, it's just not where dolphin yep. fish necessarily are. But places that are pelagic continental shelf WA and also the other way off New South Wales, like where I fish, they yeah they they do. Speaking of South Australia, uh, blue swimmer crabs uh, have made solid appearances around Wyala and Streaky Bay. Streaky right Bay right is now. a beautiful place. Beautiful place. I literally, I want. It's one place I want to go. Cape Jervis uh, and Blue Morwong and the Nannies are on fire and heading further south, Redmond. Uh, Tasmania at the moment. Aussie salmon in the Derwent. Lures uh, working well, and it's no great science we're, around. We're, yeah, you did the, say the lures to, you, to you did pick. say further south, and that's you missed the Tassie part in front of it. I said so, Tassie. <laughs> we are lucky this is on record because I can go back to it. <laughs> so Small Kings uh, have also been called off uh, the Tasman Bridge, uh, little. Uh, metal lures working really well and that is oh sorry oh we might just so just quickly on the Vic front Western Port v Port yep. Phillip at the I moment. can go even further mate I, I went about it before at the start of the show I said to you at the start of the show what was going on so let's go a little bit different off the top of my head lakes some beautiful flathead getting caught as well snapper out of lakes entrance offshore so sorry the flathead but inside flathead offshore too sandies and then the snapper and then you move in right down into the Gippsland region, Kingfish at White Rock, all those areas where I went last year and I stayed in refuge. We spoke about the trip I did, beautiful trip. That's all fishing fantastic also. And then if you come back and skip sort of the Western Port, Port Phillip and get down further past Warrnambool to Portland, land-based there, it would have to be the best fishery, I think, in my opinion, land-based for fish shows. The amount really? of Kingfish that they're catching off the Portland break wall Big comma. Incredible. Oh, it just, they catch everything. Yeah. Gummies, yeah. schoolies, like the variety that's there. I know some places you get specific things, like St. Leonard's Pier, for instance, you'll get squid. Yeah. But this thing <laughs> is great. Like this thing is The like, diversity. <laughs> the diversity is fantastic right now. Schoolies, gummies, you get seven gills there, rays, you get like, and then you get white in some days, and then the kingfish. The kingfish, to catch kingfish land-based consistently yeah, yeah. is amazing. So, And tuna. The tuna are just there as well. So I'm going to go with Portland being the hot spot. And the kings and the tuna offshore Portland right up to the Julia Percy along the Minerva Reef through there. All that area is is fishing very, very well. So there are your options. And if you do wish to travel, it's well worth it. You're going to have some great fishing. That's the whip around and that's what's biting around the country. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and 
and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Time for All Aboard for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your boat, motor, trailer and gear. All in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. My special guest this morning for Real Adventures is George Jasevsky, who owns Lotus Caravans. I've picked mine up last week. I can tell you right now, there's 45 very jealous footballs at the Geelong Footy Club. George, thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, mate. How are you doing? I'm going well. Now, let's go back to the beginning. 2004, the business starts. But before then, tell me a bit about your own life's journey with work and and how Lotus Caravans came about. Yeah, um, it's some time ago now. I think dating back 19 years, so to when we first opened. Um, look, I, I was born and raised in caravan manufacturing and the last thing Dad wanted me to do was build caravans. And um, the reason for that... <laughs> Um, you know, <laughs> dad, dad, um, you know, successfully and unsuccessfully would, um, open businesses up and, you know, he through all different periods in the economy in the early days with, um, you know, all the economic, economic changes. Um, yeah, we sort of like went from having, I was raised a little bit spoiled and then lost everything and we didn't really have much and then moved from home to home and, um, dad closed his business, went out, worked for someone else. Um, I was getting on the age of like, 13, 14, and just spend weekends with him, you know, working there and school holidays. And, um, yeah, then we progressed. Didn't really love school, so I left school a little bit early. Um, went outside an electrical apprenticeship because, again, Dad said stay out of hands. And, you know, he didn't want me to, to, to cycle and experience what he did. But that was the drive between, you know, where we sit today and, and why I keep evolving is because, you know, I wanted to prove to him that hard work is, um, you know, Things can pay out, so I just kept pressing, and we, we still do today. It isn't an easy industry to conquer, particularly when there's one major player when it comes to brands. How did you go about, all right, I'm going to build caravans, but I'm going to build something that is, if you look at it from the external, it seems so engineer, over-engineered compared to everything else that this is going to be close to unbreakable. There's nothing that it exists in Australia that's unbreakable, but in the van industry, um, this is as good as it gets. Why start there? Why not go the other way and, and, and build up in terms of, all right, let's go as cheap as we can get and try and crack the market in that sense. You went the total other end of the scale and built something as good as you could possibly make it from day dot. Oh, definitely. I think um, me as a person... Um, in anything I do, I, I like um, good things. I appreciate quality. Um, but trying to find a fit in the market up against, you know, it is a one-branded industry. It was dominated predominantly by, um, you know, one huge player, which is Jayco Australia. And, um, you know, and they're just absolutely enormous. So, obviously, the rest of the market, myself and other guys, try to find fit. So, you come in and start to um, say, okay, what do I stand for? What do I do? But as a as a young guy, again, we grew up outdoors. Uh, we spent a lot of time camping. Um, off-road was sort of like 
the benchmark and there was only a limited amount of people doing off-road work. So it was probably the hardest way into the industry rather than just going out and building mid-range product and using average product and putting things together that are really, I suppose, um, on a lower price spectrum in the marketplace. Um, I just wanted to challenge and my, my goal was to be the best in the industry. So, you know, being the best, I had to combine off-road, you know, the quality that I wanted to incorporate in the vans and then the engineering that years but um, it was really you're limited in this market to, to coming in so as a volume guy you're not really going to fit so to be good you've got to be great and that's what we've tried in terms of those that look at carry and go i'm too nervous around towing something that big what advice do you have for people that are on the outskirts around yeah i'm, I'm keen but i just worry i just don't have the experience around towing it looks massive um what advice do you have for people looking to get into caravanning but are unsure on the nerves around towing? Yeah, look, I think, again, making sure you're buying the right product. Look, the amount of work and development that I've gone through um, counterbalancing weights on bands from day one, like getting 23-foot bands to balance out, have the right amount of ball weight, with the right, you know, when you're loaded. So a dry van versus a loaded band is two different towing bands. Um, so again, when customers are going out there, I think buying experience is a big thing and knowing the product that they're looking at, uh, firstly, and believing in it and, and, and seeing the channels they've gone through, speak to customers, like our reviews would be awesome on towing. We, I don't recommend, I don't necessarily go out and go to people, you need any sway controllers and that. Again, if it's reassurance at the back of your head, it's a safety item, put it on there. Um, it's a benefit when it comes to insurance, it drops premiums and stuff, but Again, I spend a lot of time, a bit like when I do a lot of car racing, so weight split is a, is a big thing. We understand that. And getting caravans, buying the right product. The most common problem I see um, when even people come into yards and pick up vans is not setting up their vehicle correctly with the right suspension, um, You know, whether it be airbags or upgraded coils or upgraded leafs. Um, you don't want, as soon as you see the van starting to sag the rear of the car, you start to lose steering. Then you start to be affected on the highways when you're getting trucks bypassing and side winds. So, again, setting up your vehicle is just as important as buying the right caravan. So that's a common mistake I see. But if you can put them two together, um, you know, I think it's um, it's not hard. You can go out and do towing courses, but short trips out to long trips. So if you're nervous, limit your first travel to 100 kilometres and then just, just increase your trips. And, um, you know, I've, I've worked with new guys that are scared to tow and we go up the road and, I'll overrun the brake controller and jam it on, so they understand. So it's just experience and timing. Yeah, small trips leading into larger ones. It's easy. How, over the past, particularly the past five years, how has the car industry in Australia changed what you do with caravans? Because what we've seen over the last few years has been an influx of these large American-based utes that all of a sudden have this far uh, higher towing power because for so long in Australia, unless you imported a car from the States, we were limited to a Land Cruiser, you're going a tow upgrade, and, and there's not too many other options apart from, you know, purchasing a truck. We've seen that influx. Does that change? Will that change the way that you manufacture vans, the size that you produce, what you put in it? Because obviously, you know, these aren't 500, one-tonne kilo vans. These are, these are serious weapons with a huge amount of inventory that goes into them. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think we we run something like 20, nearly 20-odd 
different floor plans. We have probably one of the largest family range series in a marketplace where prior the big trucks coming in, you know, your 22 foot limit was sort of like where we start, you know, where vans would end up with, you know, adequate options to go out there and build a outback off road or even a touring van. With the big trucks, what we're seeing is we can now endeavour into 24 foot, 25 foot caravans. Again, you know, it is very hard because everybody gets online and does a little research and wants the biggest amount of power sources and the most amount of water. But I think it's um, definitely the American trucks have allowed more luxury on the road um, and they're absolute, you know, workhorses when it comes to towing. So the biggest thing I've seen, and I've had a lot of the F trucks and I'm currently driving the brand new Crown Series Cruiser and each car is a different application. But when you're driving a big American truck and you're towing some of these big 25 foot vans, it's, it's a bit like having a Land Cruiser with an 18 footer on the back. So it's, <laughs> they're all hand in hand. They work really well. The other thing that's changed, obviously, when it comes to weight has been the advancement in lithium batteries. Um, Monster Power has been an introduction to Lotus uh, over the last sort of 12, 18 months. My system in my van is 900 amp lithium power, which is quite extraordinary to those that are familiar with it. That's been a big game changer in terms of living off-road and travelling Australia, that you don't need to have a generator sitting in the front of your van anymore. You can go off-grid for, for weeks on end. Oh, definitely. That's that's probably one of the biggest things we have seen um, is the amount of changes. When a lithium initially come in, it was an advantage to, to the weight of the van because we'd substitute three AGM batteries for one lithium and we'd save 50 kilos. But now people are going out wanting to live off-grid more, not wanting to take the generator, wanting to pull up, run the air con straight off the lithium power for two, three hours. Um, and something like your system, we've had data back on, like we've almost had, I think, 36 hours of near um, operating, off, you know, having the aircon operating on that that battery system. So it's crazy. Again, um, it's just, again, you've got to build your van around your travels, but, you know, if you wanted something to, to go explore the country and, and you had the payloads and a tow vehicle for it, well, the monster pack is definitely the energy source to, to, to put into your product. Those that travel Australia... It's changed vastly from, you know, 20 odd years ago and the grey nomads and those that are buying vans and touring the country are retired and 65 plus. We've seen a huge change uh, in that it is now young people that are buying um, their off-road vehicles, they're doing them up and they're taking their vans right around the country. Um, It's not hard to find an avid following uh, of of Lotus owners that do exactly the same thing, is that an exciting thing to see from your perspective? Younger people getting in to seeing the outdoors, buying your vans, and and exploring places that people just once would never have taken their caravans. Oh, definitely. See, seeing the industry from <clears throat> and the clients I've been dealing with since two thousand and four, and 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 the and the early years it was dealing with nomads or, or the older audience, and um just seen that transition into families. And I think a lot of that has been influenced by, I think, the social media platform of such young families going out there. A lot more people seeing it's, it's you can do it. Um, people are doing it. So, um, again, it's just people getting out there, making memories. There's the options. I think COVID was another massive contributor towards, you know, 
recent years to bringing more families into the game. Um, but we, we've seen the, probably the last five years, it's been a massive growth in, in family vans across the board, across the industry. Um, and yeah, it's, it's people, like we've got people that live out on the road and they're, they're homeschooling and, and just choosing different ways of life as well. So there's definitely different options in the way you can um, live these days. The the one of the things that I love about um, what you've done with the range is you, you personally experience a van for at least 12 months before it goes into circulation. Can you tell us the reasoning behind yep. that? Obviously, you love – I know you love Eildon, the high country. It's where you spend a lot of, t- of your time um, when you do go yep. off-grid and you go travelling with the family. Um, that's an important part of, of you as an owner of the whole business, actually experiencing what every uh, make and model you know, gives the consumer. Yeah, look, I think um, you know, we, we, we do spend time up in the high country. Um, obviously, we're limited to time away from work. I'd love to spend more time in the Australian <laughs> outback. Um, unfortunately, we've got to build these orders out. Um, the reasoning between me using a lot of the products over the years and when we release something new is getting the vans to tow right. The safety is a big factor. And this is where, again, um, and again, you can speak to multiple customers in, in you know, our re- in, even our retailers, our dealerships across the country, our vans loaded or unloaded generally tow better than most units out there. And that's and that's the main highway. So everybody talks about an off-road product, you know, airbag suspension and, you know, it's got these shocks and we've got an aluminium frame, we've got a timber roof and we've got this and we've got that. But you spend 90, 90, 90% of your time on bitumen roads and it's the most dangerous highways you're driving on in some cases with, with trucks and, and just, you know, Aussie wildlife running across the road. So getting vans that, that tow correctly, that's probably the main reason I try to trial every product I use and putting it behind, whether it be the big truck. So I run a Cruiser, and um, at the moment I'm running a, a 2500 Silverado. Um, so I run F trucks, and I get them behind. So I'll put the right van on the right rear, get behind, put it under braking, uh, get it under wind. You, you just try things. And getting the wheel positioning and the balancing right is probably the biggest factor. So... I know I'm putting people out on the road and they're going to be safe. That's that's the main reason behind what I do. Now, the Victorian Caravan Camping and Touring Super Show is uh, on its way, uh, 22nd to the 26th of February. Lotus is going to be there. What can we expect from the range uh, at the Super Show? Oh, we've just got, I think we've got near 26-odd vans on display. Um, might be 27. Um I'd have to do a final count, but it is one of the largest settings. But we have, like, in them vans there, nearly every van has something different to offer and floor plan and family options, two birth options. Uh, we've got new features. There's a new 23 model look. Um, and just the reputation we've earned over years. Like, it's hard to be good. at Like, we've been around for 19 years. It's good to be – it's easy to be good if you've been around for five years because you don't have as much product on the road and your reviews aren't as high. But when you've been around for 19 years and conquering the outback and keep growing strength to strength every year, um, yeah, I think we can, you know, you'll come out there and you'll see why we're one of the best quality products in the country and offer some of the best unique floor plans, you know, anything from a, you know, a small 17-foot-6 tandem that we've just recently built that's new to the market. I don't think I've seen any right up to our new triaxle van. So, yeah, it's there's an exciting range to come out and see, definitely. If you're unable to get to the Touring Super Show, you can head to Freestyle RVs 
uh, 816 Cooper Street in Summon and Victoria if you want to go through the whole range of Lotus Caravans as well. Um, probably the most well-known, before we let you go, probably the most well-known Australian globally at the moment is Thor, Chris Hemsworth. How the hell did you get yep. him in a Lotus Caravan? Because when you've got someone that is on a global scale like that, who is obviously Australian, loves Australia, loves the Outback, loves um, adventuring. We've seen his new series on uh, Apple Limitless, which is quite extraordinary. Um, he loves the brand. He loves the van. He, his, his family loves it. Yeah. Um, look, I think the connection with us is um, Kay Morley, who's our national sales manager, been selling Lotus for over the last eight years. He's a, he's a good mate. Um, he lives in Queensland. He's a surfer. I don't know if they met out on the water or out in the pub, but they've had a, a relationship for a few years. And, um, yeah, he sort of like sitting back and said, oh, you know, I want a van. We, we get up. Uh, they get up and get some coastal camping in. They get to some remote surf regions. I think he just wants to get away from human life. So we wanted a, an off-road van. And, you know, we've had a few chats over time, but that, that was how we really formed the relationship. So it was pretty casual. He's a very lovely guy, very easy to deal with, um, very high demanding. And, um, yeah, when he wants... A new van, he'll be in touch, and we might touch base once a year. But otherwise, Kane's our Kane's the, the partnership between you know Lotus Caravans and Chris uh, Emperor. It's not bad when you've got the God of Thunder representing the brand, um, George. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, having picked up my trooper last week, I haven't actually got my kids out of it yet. They've spent pretty much the whole week <laughs> sleeping in there the night before school, which has been um, it's been interesting in itself, but. Um, we're looking forward to, to taking that away throughout the footy season and, of course, in the off-season. Um, thank you for telling us the story of Lotus. Um, your passion for the brand is, is so clear to see uh, and the quality, there is simply none better uh, on the marketplace. And that's talking to owners and talking to people that travel around Australia. Uh, you must be very proud of the brand. Thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. Thank you very much, mate. Enjoy and uh, good luck in the, the season ahead. That was Red's review for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It is time for Red's tip and I'm taking it this week, Red. Oh, righto. Yep. The, uh, I've got a new caravan. I've got a Lotus Trooper. Pat, we know you've got a new caravan. We've seen it. Mate, I love everything. it. You're excited. Oh, I am so it's, excited. No one else is because we're annoyed. We're over it. Well, I'm looking for a... <laughs> I'm going to get a car topper now. So I'm in the market for a car topper. I'm thinking around 3.7 with a 15 to 20 horsepower. Something that's light enough that I can pick up and carry. But I've got a caravan, Aaron. How's your pre-season been? <laughs> North Bank 550? <laughs> Mate, I was so tired during the week. Anyway, uh, the... Tip for this week. Distracted us, sorry. <laughs> is a is an adapter, a drive socket adapter. So rather than winding down your stabilizing wheels on the van. <laughs> this comes back get, to pre-season, Patrick. Get <laughs> get yourself a square drive socket adapter. They're like I bought mine from Bunnings. It was like a three-pack for 12 bucks. Um, and I'm sure you get it super cheap and repco on those sort of places. But all of a sudden, plug that in the drill, bang, 19-inch socket, woo, down. So you can put all of the uh, the stabilising wheels down in less than a minute 
versus having to wind it down with the um, like a spanner or a um, what are the uh, what are the cross section wheelie mid thingies called? <laughs> you know the midjiggies. You put them. It's like a crossbar. What, under, under the car? Yeah, for your, your wheel brace. Yeah, thingamajiggy, is yeah. that what we call it? Yeah, we'll go with that. We're not... Patrick, you're talking this to the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we're at with... Patrick, I don't even... I, they don't have left-handed hammers. How am I meant to... <laughs> <laughs> well, this replaces the thingamajiggy that you use to change your tyres with. Uh, it is a drill socket adapter. And it's got the different sizes. The the different it's cracker. Yeah, different sizes, like mine. The mechanism on mine's a nine-inch socket. They, so you the just new car I got, there's a lock on the um, on the wheels, and they gave me the key for it, and I don't know where the keys. Oh no! <laughs> so it's time now for the oh, flying no. gaff, and I'm going to steal. Disaster. I just won't get a flat. It's time now for the <laughs> flying gaff. Yeah, what's Murphy's law? Anything was, that can happen will oh, happen. Oh, I don't know where the keys. It's. I think I'm hoping it's in the glove box somewhere, but I looked and I didn't see it. At and least you just moved know, house. And you, you've only owned it for like a. You know, you've owned it for days. ages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, flying gaffs going at me. I'm gaffing myself. What I thought you were you were very yeah. unhappy during the week well, about this Indian pitch. The Indian pitch I wasn't happy with. You can't furious. You the were. Aussies got done for sandpapering. These guys have pretty much sandpapered. They the have pitch. docked it. They have watered patches Virat of it. Ha- Virat has taken has taken. <laughs> they have literally watered patches of the pitch, and because we've got a seven lineup batting team with left handers, so they've watered one side because they've got left arm bowlers. Yeah, and it's done. It's doing. It's doing wonders. You are not happy, are you? You know we. Need, um, you know who we need back. We need Shane Keith. He'll put him in bowling the those leg breaks that just bang. They wouldn't be doing exploding it then, exploding off the surface. Yeah. No, I think I'm back. I'm back in the goatee to have a good series. Yep, yeah, REM too, and, and I'm back in. Uh, I'm back in. Well, I was going to say Travis Head, but he got delisted, so he's done. Nah, our, our you man. Got, you going Quaja? No, no, our man. Well, uh, sorry, oh, Alex Carey. Alex Carey. Yeah, Alex yeah. Carey. Can I gaff myself quickly? Go ahead. I. Uh, Backing down the ramp, Robbie backed me down during the week. I'm driving the boat off. We're trying to drive the boat off, I should say. Didn't take the straps on the back. Oh, the, yeah. I took, but this is the the, the gaff part. I took, I took, <laughs> as I took to one off and not the other side. I don't know how I did it. And they come with the buckle, so they're easy to put on. You know, if that was someone else, I look like an absolute idiot, Patrick. If that's someone else at the ramp, you oh, are huffing and, and puffing. I, I, you are walking you, up and yep, down the line, you can call, and you talk these idiots at the ramp. Yep. You are one of them, mate. You can call me a dick. <laughs> I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I literally took yeah. one off, and I said to Pat, I said to Robbie, I said. I've taken it off, mate. I literally took it off. I said, go back a little bit deeper. And he goes back a bit deeper. I rev it a bit harder and the boat, I'm like nearly going up over the top. I've gone, Robbie, I don't reckon I'm taking the other side off. I definitely took one side off. And he goes, how do you take one side off? I said, I don't know. I hope there was like an old codger down there. You've just got to take the strap off. <laughs> oh, you yeah. would have got a sinker throw. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> the show up. I've got to go fishing. Thanks for your company this morning on Real Adventures. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will see you next week.